Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is July 19th. Today we are going to fix my second big mistake. On Sunday, I accidentally loaded the books of Ezra and Nehemiah and totally forgot to unmute my part of it. (laughs) So the music uploaded, the quote that I used for the second half from Elder Scott uploaded, but my thoughts on it did not. And without my thoughts on it, I'm pretty sure that the Elder Scott quote that I used at the end makes very little sense. So today we're going to replay that. Hopefully everything uploads right this time. I hope you enjoy. We're going to be studying the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. And these books are interesting. We're kind of in this period of the Come Follow Me year where we're getting a lot of history. And Nehemiah and Esther are especially very rich in history. But as I was thinking about that, and as I was kind of looking over Ezra and Nehemiah, the thing that kept coming back to me and standing out to me is how last week we talked a lot about the scattering the scattering of Israel and the scattering of the tribe of Judah, we see wickedness and we see that wickedness lead to this destruction and this scattering. But this week, we're going to have the opportunity to see the beginning of the people returning to Jerusalem. Now, the reason why that's interesting to me and the reason why I like it is because I think that it wouldn't be a far stretch to compare the scattering to sin and to our mistakes and the gathering to repentance. Now, even though I say that, please keep in mind, oftentimes the natural man wants to blame hardship on God. The natural man kicks back against God and blames God for difficult things in our lives when the actual reality of it is everything that we do in life has a natural consequence attached to it. Sin has a natural consequence of a loss of the spirit and a distancing ourselves from God. The sin of Israel and the sin of Judah had the natural consequence of the loss of protection from God, and so they were eventually scattered. And when we sin, we get scattered in a way from God and from the spirit. We become distant from them. However, just as Israel and just as Judah are allowed to return, there is always a way back to God. And here in Ezra and here in Nehemiah, we get the opportunity to see as the children of Israel begin to return to Jerusalem, we get the opportunity to see them begin to come back. So as we study these scriptures, let's keep that in mind. Let's keep that symbolism in mind of sin and repentance. This idea of always being able to come back to God. Now it's interesting, even though the people were scattered, and even though they were physically distant from their lands, they were never totally distant from God. They were still within his reach, and he was still able to reach them. And it's the same for us when we sin, and when we make mistakes, and when we distance ourselves from God, we are never so far that we are beyond his reach. We are never so far that he isn't able to invite us back to return to him, to come back to his presence. And that is what we get the opportunity to see here in Ezra and Nehemiah. We get the opportunity to see the people change and to come back. We see the long arm of the Lord able to reach them and bring them home. So with that idea of sinning and repenting and coming back home, 
It reminded me of a talk that Elder Scott gave back in 86. I was only four at the time, so I don't specifically remember this talk, but he's given a similar talk a couple times since, and I do remember his most recent one. And I just remember the way he pleads with longing for us to come back. If we have distanced ourselves from God in any way, Elder Scott pleads with us to return. And as we start out the week looking at Israel returning to Jerusalem and looking at the symbolism between sin and repentance and the scattering and the gathering, I wanted to start off with Elder Scott's invitation for us to return, for us to come home. So I'm going to play a portion of that talk for you now. To you who have taken this path, I plead, come back. Come back to the cool, refreshing waters of personal purity. Come back to the warmth and security of your Father in Heaven's love. Come back to the serenity that distills from the decision to live the commandments of your older brother, Jesus the Christ. You know well the process of repentance and the vital role of a judge in Israel, yet may have difficulty in taking that first step to return. With all the love of my heart, may I offer you a way back. You can begin alone and proceed at your own pace. In time, with the help of a compassionate, caring bishop, you will complete the process of repentance. Then you'll have peace and the assurance, even the witness of the Spirit, that the Lord has forgiven you. For some, full relief comes there. Yet there are others who cannot forgive themselves for past transgression, even knowing the Lord has forgiven them. Somehow they feel compelled to continually to condemn themselves and to suffer by frequently recalling the details of past mistakes. Should there be one such within the sound of my voice, I plead with all of my soul that the Lord will touch your heart and cause you to ponder his declaration. Behold, he who has repented of his sins, the same is forgiven, and I, the Lord, remember them no more. Behold, by this ye may know if a man repenteth of his sins, he will confess them and forsake them. Can't you see that to continue to suffer for sins where there has been proper repentance and forgiveness of the Lord is not prompted by the Savior, but by the master of deceit, whose goal has always been to bind and enslave the children of our Father in heaven. Satan would encourage you to continue to relive details of past mistakes, knowing that such thoughts make progress, growth, and service difficult to attain. It is as though Satan ties strings to the mind and body so that he can manipulate one, like a puppet, to discourage personal achievement. I testify that Jesus Christ paid the price, satisfied the demands of justice for all who are obedient to his teachings. Thus, full forgiveness is granted and the distressing effects of sin need no longer persist in one's life. Indeed, they cannot persist if one truly understands the meaning of Christ's atonement. When memory of prior mistakes encroach upon your mind, Turn your thoughts to Jesus Christ, to the miracle of forgiveness and renewal that comes through Him. Then your suffering will be replaced by joy, gratitude, thanksgiving for His love. If you through poor judgment were to cover your shoes with mud, would you leave them that way? Of course not. 
You would cleanse and restore them. Would you then gather the residue of mud and place it in an envelope to show others the mistake that you had made? No. Neither should you continue to relive forgiven sin. Every time such thoughts come into your heart, turn your heart to gratitude for the Savior who gave His life that we, through faith in Him and obedience to His teachings, can overcome transgression and conquer its depressing influence in our lives. You will also discover the greatest friend of all, Jesus the Christ, our Savior and Redeemer, full of perfect love, boundless compassion, with the power to forgive and forget. It is difficult for me to speak of Him, for I love Him so deeply. May the Spirit bear witness of that love and somehow touch your heart that you may find the courage to take those steps that will bring you peace and tranquility, that will restore your feelings of self-worth, and that will place you once again on the path to happiness. We love you. We need you. Please come back. Don't wait till all is in perfect order. We'll walk beside you. We love you. Please come back.